eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we're back on Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. Losing sucks. It does. The way they lost was worse. But is it worse than losing by 50? Uh, yeah, I, in that scenario, yeah, because they haven't won a game at all this year. So they're the Denver's 0-3. Saints two and one and still have hope. It already looks like they, they're ready to have the funeral for Sean Payton out in Denver. I had some people tell me they would rather have lost the way Denver lost. And I'm like, what? I mean, I can understand, you know, th- like I think Tyron Matthews said this. It was like, I would rather get blown out than lose the way they did because it's way more just demoralizing and disappointing to know you should have won the game and you blew it. Whereas when you're getting blown out, you never had a chance, but I throw that. I don't think that's true when you, when you're allowing 70 points and the dolphins decided not to kick a field goal that would have set the all time record. They took pity on you and didn't put you in the record book as the most points allowed in NFL history. That's almost like when you leave someone a tip that's like a dollar and they come up to you like, you clearly need this more than I do. (laughs) I mean, I'm not, you, I mean, man, 70 points. What? How? So if if there's a stock, can't win without Drew. Drew Drew wouldn't have been any help in that game. 70 (laughs) points. If all you did was start dolphins in fantasy football, you would have won. Right. You could have left half your roster empty. If you started Devon H. and Raheem Mostert and Tua Tagovailoa, you won. They were, oh I think God. they were the top three fantasy scorers this week. I was going to say, imagine like on your team if you had Tua and like the Tyreek Hill combination. Oh, I forgot about Tyreek Hill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good for him, <laughs> him too. Uh, Devon, Devon Achan, I think is how they're supposed to say his name now. Anyway. Right. 
So yeah, stock up on not being the Broncos. That's good. <laughs> and stock up on that second round pick because it's sure looking like it might be a, the number 33 pick. <laughs> okay. So Saints players, you know, as you look at it and you're like, okay, what, what, what positives can we draw out of this game? You, you do have to kind of try, right? You have to figure out what worked and, and build upon that. Like that is a factor. That is what you have to do as an NFL team. You don't want to dwell on what ha- went, went wrong. You have to fix the problems, but also figure out what you are doing well and, and, and continue to do those things. And in this case, I don't think there's anything you can do wrong as long as you are throwing in Chris Olave's direction because he is the truth. That one-handed catch he had beautiful was so casual. I mean, it was like, I almost like, I was watching it from, because it was on the opposite sideline. And I was like, it almost looked like he gave up on the play. It was so casual that I was like, oh, he must be out of bounds because no way did he stay in bounds and still catch it that casually with no effort. But no, it was there. It was perfect. It's gorgeous. It was, it was beautiful. It was, a, it was like, put that to music. That's up there. And it's not the Odell Beckham catch, but it's, it's, it's like that type of just, just smooth, you know, like he's just, he is something. Um, and I, I, it's so much fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, it was his catch that set up the field goal, right? Like the end of the game, the Packers gave the ball back. And I don't think anyone in that stadium even considered they were going to allow a first down. I think that stadium was like, oh, we're going to win this easily. They're not even going to get out of their shoes. And all of a sudden, Chris Olave catched down the sideline. Saints are in business, right? And like, he's that type of player. Thankfully, he makes us look a little bit smart because he was one of the folks, obviously, coming from everyone out of training camp, obviously how impressive Olave looked and, yeah, has not disappointed at all year two in the NFL. And I think pretty soon you're going to start hearing his name obviously mentioned with those other top elite names in in, in that group, which is uh, we got some amazing receivers, obviously, in the NFL. But Olave, he is that dude. <laughs> you can't single him. Can't single cover him, and it's going to make life a lot easier on Mike Thomas once this offense gets its head out of test. I, I heard the Raiders broadcast last night kind of said something you said last year about Olave. It's like Devontae Adams, he's just always open. And I'm like, that's like Olave. Yeah, he's <laughs> always open. 108, 104 yards on eight catches. He's up to 302 yards on 22 catches through three games. Uh, that's a pace for 124 catches, 1,710 yards zero touchdowns <laughs> hopefully that changes that's the only yeah, thing gotta, the only negative the end zone part yeah the only negative i can say for alave is he hasn't gotten the end zone but i mean he he did get in the end zone it got overturned because he had a toe on the line so like you know if you if you want to go that way you know maybe he catches three or four that's the only thing i'll say is in the red zone i would love it if he was a little bit more assertive and you went to him a little bit more but you know i mean uh this the, the big issue for this team is i mean I, like this team can win kicking field goals Right. Like if if all they did in the second half was kick a field goal, they win. So I, I'm you know, the red zone stuff, we can talk about it. You do want to punch it in. But I also need them to be able to move the ball and get into scoring range because that's, you know, like, yes, you want to score touchdowns, but also you got to put points on the board um, because if you're standing still, you're going to get caught up too quickly. So like. In that sense, I, I think Olave has been very important and will continue to be important. So he's one yeah, of my stock up players. Up. For sure. Yeah, I mean, it's like straight up. Like, it's the needle's broken off. The next guy, and this, is, and this guy who I thought had a really, he actually had a rough start. And one of the best things that I think that can happen for Alante Taylor is he makes a mistake early in the game. Not a huge one, not a, not a big one. 
but he makes a mistake that just like locks him in. Cause I think that's what happened. He had a chance to get Jordan love down in the backfield. They kind of whiffed, he overran it. And it felt like, like he locked in at that point. And he had another chance, like a couple plays later and he wiped him out. He had five passes, defense, five tackles. He was everywhere. And he, he was in the, like he, yes. he, he was on the field for basically, I think he was hundred percent of the snaps when they were in the nickel. He was in the slot when they were in the base, when they were in base, he was outside I mean, they were going after him because no one wants to throw at Marshawn. So it was Isaac Yadam and, and Alante getting targeted constantly. I thought, you know, Alante, he did have that obviously pass interference. He didn't get his head around for the ball as much as I'd like him to. But I mean, that kid is that kid is very good and he's gonna be he's just gonna keep getting better. Unbelievable. We get his first sack before his first interception. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, and like that was one one of the reasons that the defensive line, like you look at the stats and it's like, oh, they, they, they had a sack. They had a couple sacks. They had a, you know, a couple quarterback hits. But it was like you know, Demario Davis, Alante Taylor. Like it wasn't the defensive line making those plays. Um, right. Brian Brzee did have a nice play where he got a field and he knocked the ball down. But, you know, Isaac, like Isaac Adam, I actually thought Isaac Adam had a good game, uh, consider, all things considered. Like he, he was getting targeted relentlessly. Oh, picked on for sure, right. And, you know, like, yeah, I think he got beat for one touchdown late in the game. But, I mean, that was after play, after play, after play. He had a pass breakup that ended one of their drives in the in the red zone. So, you know, like the decision to play him, I think it was questioned a little bit. I, I He wasn't the reason he lost. So, you know, I, he, I think he's kind of the uh, on the fringe. Uh, I think you have a really good depth cornerback group considering Paulson Debo went out. And those guys, those guys held up. So that's that's one of my stock ups. Is I think the the Alante Taylor depth cornerback type situation. I think you're in good shape. Yeah, and I, to your point there too. I thought the fact of no pulse and Adebo, obviously no Marcus May either back there. The secondary still held up pretty well. Yeah, and so we talked about Jimmy Graham earlier. You know, he's one of my honorable mentions because, like I said, you know, you brought him in to be a red zone threat. He caught a touchdown in the red zone. I mean, that's what, like, you knew he wasn't going to get a huge role. So right. if he's out there affecting the game, and heck, he scored 17 points. Seven of those were his, so, or six of those were his. So, yeah, like, he's, I think that kind of gives you at least a little bit of an idea of, like, okay, he can do some things. Like, he's, he's at least a factor. So give him that. Um, but my last stock up player, yeah, it's, it's Kendry Miller. Kendry Miller. Um, you know, I don't think he had a huge game, but he did lead the Saints in rushing. I think he had 39 yards on nine carries. He showed some burst. I don't think he made any huge mistakes, right? Like I, I have to go back to the film and to look at the pass protection, but I don't think he was the culprit on any major misses. Uh, you know, that's that could be wrong. Obviously, it's really tough to tell in real time. Um, but I thought he he handled himself well. He was on the field a good bit. Um, he didn't fumble. There were no turnovers. He didn't get hurt. You know, I think you're going to get Alvin back this week and you're going to have to start making decisions on, okay, who's his backup? Because Jamal Williams is on injured reserve now. You're not going to get him back for at least three more weeks. Uh, he can The earliest he can get back would be um, week seven. So it would be three, four, five, six. Yeah, so he could get back week seven if, if he's back healthy from that hamstring. But over the next few weeks, you're going to have to make a decision. Okay, is it Tony or is it Kendra? getting those RB2 reps. And from what I saw today, or yesterday rather, I think that Kendra did enough for me to feel confident in him getting at least the bulk of the backup carries. I think you're still going to work in Tony. I think he's going to be your pass pro option if you're sending someone in there on third down 
specifically for pass protection. Um, but I, you know, uh, with a lot of things that went wrong today and an offense that got away from the run, even though it was working, I think Kendra, he, he showed himself pretty well. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard just because I, I want more, you want more, but I, I just don't see the the holes opening up with this offensive line right now. And it's, it's easy to keep piling on with the O line, but man, this running back, this uh, the run game in general hasn't been great. It got a little better this, this past week, but once again, you know, going into it, you knew the pack were weak against the run and you wanted to see something. So at least it had some life, uh, the run game to it. And yeah, we're, we're going to get that big boost now with Alvin Kamara back in the mix. He's such an X factor for this team. Yeah, and they got the ball outside a little bit on the run game, which is something I've been hoping they could do, and they just hadn't um, through two weeks. And that's where you had some success. Tony Jones had a long run on the edge. Uh, I think Kendra got out to the edge on one. Um, but yeah, I mean, like it's not. It wasn't ever going to be perfect, right? Like you're still going in with a rookie in his first career game, and Tony Jones Jr. There's only so much you can expect. I thought, you know, for for a guy in his first career game, it's only going to get better. Um, he didn't look, it didn't look too, the, the moment didn't look too big for him. Let's put it that way. Like he didn't look out of place out there. It wasn't like I saw him and I was like, oh gosh, what's he going to do now? Um, and so, yeah. And the, mean, yeah, no the, big thing too, the big thing too, not getting injured again too, because we've seen, you know, too, too yeah. much of him getting, you know, being on the sidelines and not enough in practice or at game. So bravo for staying healthy. He's no Devon Chan. I, I don't like that, but you know, I, I think the the saints are going to, he's just going to keep getting better. Um, my last honorable mention, and we can close out on this, you know, I'll give it to Jameis. He wasn't, he was in a tough situation. No one was blocking. They didn't move the ball at all in the second half. It was a struggle. Right. And, and so like, he wasn't perfect, but one thing that I've always appreciated out of Jameis and he's shown it, is he does have that killer instinct. He does have that clutch gene where you need a drive. Or you need to get downfield to get a go-ahead field goal, a touchdown. He, he tends to deliver. I mean, you saw that in week one last year, right? Like things were going very poorly. And in that fourth quarter, he did to the Falcons what the Packers did to the Saints yesterday, right? And in, a, in like 16 points, fourth quarter, it's exactly what you're talking about. Um, and... I thought, you know, what he was able to do on that last drive, he just locked in, found Chris Olave, found Mike Thomas, got into field goal range. He did enough for the Saints to make a go-ahead field goal. And so, it, it, you know, for a guy who you're going to have to trust this week, next week, um, I think his, his like, I like where his, where his mindset is. I like where he's approaching the game from. You know, he's been in this offense he knows how it operates. You're going to have to change things a bit for him, I think, especially in terms of the pass protection because of the. I don't think that he's able to handle the protections as well as Derek Carr is. But hey, maybe, maybe that helps. Maybe there's some. Maybe there's something to that where you change up how you are operating in that regard, 
and you're able to get a little bit more done. Either way, you know, I, I, I give James a lot of credit. Um, he hung in there. It's not his fault that they held on a long Taysom Hill run. You know, there was a lot of penalties in the second half that torpedoed some drives. So, yeah, I mean, I, like, I'm not thrilled that you have to turn to Jameis because I think Derek Carr is a very good quarterback, and I've been really appreciative of what I've seen from him. But I think Jameis can get the job done. You mentioned him right there, and I think he was in your three-ups from last week. But uh, I put an honorable mention to Mike T. Michael Thomas has been really consistent these three games, and I think this is what we should expect to see from him throughout this season. And, and no knock or, or you know anything against it, but I think – five to eight catches a game, 50 to 70-something yards. Hopefully a a touchdown as well, though, in there would be nice. But uh, Mike T, for me, has has been really great. Uh, uh, Happy to see him back, being healthy, and definitely uh, targeted uh, often when, you know, available because he still has those reliable hands that you know aren't going to drop the the ball. When he gets on the field in week four, it will be the first time that he has been active for the first four games of a season since 2019. That'll age you quick. Wow. Yeah. So like just being out there and being effective alone and like he, you know, like, like I said, I think, you know, he's going to be a much bigger part of the offense with Jameis. Like just the way that Jameis operated in this game, you can tell like he's looking for Mike. And I think that that's a, you know, that's, you know, as much as I love Chris Olave and I, and I like how they've been using him. I do think that working the quick game, and getting Mike Thomas more involved when you are struggling to protect will be helpful. Um, so, you know, hopefully that that's something that Jameis can continue to, because I think on that last drive you saw it, you were, they were able to get some, some stuff done. So that's it. That's all I got. Like, I'm not trying to convince anyone that this was a good game, right? That Pete Carmichael played well, or that called a good game in that second half, that, they, that there was a ton well. of positives, that there was a ton of positives to take out of it. But I think there were some positives. You're going to build on this. You're two and one. Um, as of tonight, you could be tied for the division lead. As of Monday night, you could be tied for the division lead or behind the Bucks if they find a way to beat the Eagles. You know, they're not, the team's just – you got to keep going. You got you to gotta find ways to win these games. And that week, that week four game is going to be huge. I mean, if you beat the Bucks there, you know, that's a big tiebreaker in your pocket because I think the Buck, this Bucks team, you know, as much as I talk crap about them, I think they're going to be here for the, for the duration. Big test for the Bucks. obviously, uh, will test definitely who they are. Uh, you mentioned Philadelphia Monday Night Football, then boom, the Saints the next week. So back-to-back, fierce defense is no doubt. For sure. But all right, let's wrap up this this episode of Inside Black and Gold. We're recording this before Dennis Allen speaks on Monday. So if there's anything that seems dated, that's why. We'll be coming back with an episode later in the week. Break down any updates on Derek Carr, or, uh, you know, go through some of the film. We'll have a chance to go through a little more closely and, you know, maybe tease out some stuff that they could do better that – went exceptionally poorly because there was a lot that went poorly it's almost not even notable to talk about it it's there was so much of it but uh we'll we'll go through it um but thanks everyone for listening thanks uh for for putting up with our kind of all over the place schedule the last few weeks try to be a little more regimented going forward to get a home game this week so that'll be nice but otherwise let's do it looking forward to being back home in the dome who dat peace y'all